Hey, what say we do a show today, huh? <laughs> I might even show up for it. We got uh, Ty Bollinger back on after the Remedy docuseries. We can't wait to hear about how that went and hope you all enjoyed it as well and bought a bunch of them. Uh, we got that. Frank Cousinos, surprise guest joining us in the first hour. Cancer Control Society's annual convention, 48th annual, uh, coming up uh, Labor Day weekend. So we'll get some updates there. And wow, shock among shocks. What was it that wiped out a significant portion of old people, particularly in those uh, nursing homes or care facilities? Do you think it was COVID or was it the uh, you know, injection thingy? Uh, we'll cover that too. Stand by. RobertScottBell.com slash listen for the chat room. Please share the show and I'll see you there momentarily. Super Don, let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, let me take uh, my sip of tea to start the show today. Yes, barely made it into the studio as uh, it's been that kind of week. <laughs> Not because of injury this time. I, you know, I'm recovering from my bike wreck last week, uh, the mountain bike thing, but I uh, went back and worked out today. That was good. Happy to do that. But we've got the Red Pill Expo coming up this weekend. There's been so much to do to get ready for that, in addition to pre-records and other things that uh, barely made it into the studio on time. In fact, I probably <clears throat> technically didn't. Super Don can dock me for uh, being a minute late. But uh, I'm glad y'all are here, and we've got a great show lineup. Uh, returning pal, buddy. He's all awesome. Hour two. Uh, Ty Bollinger back to go outside the box. We haven't had him on in a while. He's been as busy as can be with the Remedy docu-series that just uh, just ended over the weekend. So we'll hear the aftermath of that and uh, also suits against the Center uh, for Di uh, Countering Digital Hate, things like that in Congress, uh, Bobby Kennedy's suit against Google and YouTube and all of that. So there's a lot to discuss. And also uh, Frank Cousineau rejoining us from the Cancer Control Society, where we'll be Labor Day weekend. We got so many events coming up. Just check out the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Now, uh, if we were to uh, look back over uh, the COVID crazy years, there are so many things that we were right about. I, I just, I'm hard pressed to find something we screwed up on. And maybe Super Don can remember one or two things, or maybe there wasn't. But we pride ourselves, and pride is maybe the wrong word, but on integrity. That is, if we screw up, if I screw up, like, oops, I got that one wrong. Because I'm not invested in being right all the time, even though I am <laughs> most of the time. Super Don's shaking his head, or he's not. He's actually agreeing with me. Uh, it's it's that if we do get it wrong, it's okay. It's not it's not a bruise to my ego if I get it wrong. It's like, oh well, oh, I thought this, and I, I mean, we made that, and we mistook it, you know, something. But I don't want to uh, cover it up and wallpaper over it if that were to happen. But as I said, I'm hard-pressed to look at things over the COVID crazy years, even as we were trying to figure it out early on, that I got wrong. And one of those things, uh, of course, is the you know the uh, main things that we got banned on YouTube for and uh, Spotify and LinkedIn talking about the V word. Of course, uh, the COVID injection uh, by mRNA technology or other technology uh, doesn't really match the original definition of the V word, but... Uh, 
suffice it to say, when they introduced the V word in reality and it started injecting that into people, there were some disasters that were ensuing fairly rapidly afterwards. Now, uh, the the plausible deniability would be, well, uh, these people are dying of COVID. They died of COVID. But how many times have we pointed out that on the death certificates they were recording, people dying of a car accident died of COVID based on a faulty test? And do I have to name the, the initials P, C, and R? And so now we have Steve Kirsch over the years recently. Uh, he, he was a high-tech multimillionaire. And he's got some science background. He gets, he understands statistics. He understands study design, things like that. He's, he's posted on his uh, newsletter. We've had him on a couple of times. Uh, Steve Kirsch, uh, Substack, kirschstubzack.com. The latest breakthrough in what he's done in terms of analyzing data or gathering information and then running the statistical probabilities uh, shows something pretty stark, pretty stunning. Not, not necessarily for you or me, but still, if it gets out there. And, and a lot of times now people are like quack busting on, uh, on Steve Kirsch saying he's not of this. He's not of that. He doesn't know anything yet. I think he's uh, an intelligent guy and he's really doing his best to figure out what went wrong. And, and the fact that he bought a lot of those lives in his lifetime as well. And to do what he's doing, I give him a lot of props and credit for doing that, for stepping out. It's not, not to his good economic fortune other than those that maybe subscribe to his sub stack. I don't know what else he's doing. Maybe he, he's running some, uh, some bets uh, on his, uh, you know, his statements to say, hey, prove me wrong. Here's 100 grand if you can do it. So uh, the breaking news in the Substack article, and it's linked up today in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. It says over 25% of elderly residents of a, a, a SNF, what is that, SNF, uh, died within a uh, nursing facility. Skilled nursing skilled. facility. Oh, thank you. Is the word skilled was, I was lost there. If they were so skilled, how how did they how did they lose 25% of their elderly residents in a 20 day period? And what, what was this 20 day period? What did it uh, correspond to correlate to for perhaps um, it was within 20 days of getting the COVID injections back in December of 2020. Remember how they rushed this in and um, they came about uh, that they were going to just get everybody and the old people were targeted first. They couldn't say no. They were vulnerable to be experimented upon like guinea pigs. And uh, subheadline says, if the deaths were caused by COVID, because that's the thing. Oh, they were COVID deaths, right? Then this would be front page news. True. Why wouldn't they report on 25% death rate within, you know, a 20-day period? Uh, it was like, that would scare people even more early in the COVID realm. Go, oh my gosh, this is really serious. And apparently they didn't do that. So that's a good question. But when the deaths are possibly from the COVID injections, it's not going to be covered. Anything that would point uh, a, a finger at causation, much less correlation, which they'll say is not causation. But if it's enough of a correlation and you begin to look at other factors and you rule them out one by one by one, and what are you left with? That's what we're looking at here. So this is a skilled nursing nursing facility. He hasn't revealed the name as of, as of this uh, uh, broadcast. With an average of 152 residents administered the COVID injections to employees and residents on December 28th and 29th of 2020. So he's establishing the facts. Then between January 2nd and January 20th, approximately 42 or more residents died, according to this report. Now, in 2020, all of 2020, this is an interesting st stat as well. When we go, all right, well, what was the rate of death before that? 
They had zero COVID deaths for the entirety of the calendar year 2020. And the average skilled nursing facility annual mortality rate uh, is 7.8%. And again, it links to a table. So he's, he's going very methodically in this presentation as I'm rolling down this article with you to kind of see where this leads us. And what he assesses is that it means the chance of seeing 42 or more deaths in a 20-day window with 152 residents, where we'd normally see 0.65 deaths, is given, and he gives the equation. In other words, he says it's not statistically an outlier. There's absolutely no way these deaths weren't COVID injection related. Okay, so, it, it, and Super Don, I want to bring you in, if you don't mind, into this mix, because I know you don't just jump off. Thank you. I'm chomping at the bit here. I, I know. Because, <laughs> you, you look, when we talk about these things, you're the, you're the voice of reason, right? The man of reason that annoys me and everybody else, but they love you anyway, and we love you anyway. But it, it isn't to jump on, oh, automatically we know definitively 100%. It's that. But is it reasonable, this assessment, in your opinion, to go, this is a very strange occurrence that doesn't correlate to any normalcy within that time frame to result in that significant percentage of deaths that would cause you to at least be not mildly, but significantly suspicious of the relationship between COVID injection and time of death. You're a moron or you're <laughs> just a liar yeah. and, or, or just brainwashed. Mm -hmm. If you don't look at something like this and go, wait a minute, hold on red mm -hmm. flag. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and and this is uh, this was one of the things over the years as we were going through the pandemic that drove me nuts. Mm -hmm. It just made me insane <laughs> how you, we were reading these reports of of people dying. You know, uh, you know, uh, my grandma uh, was in this uh, nurse nursing facility, and uh, she got the vaccine, and uh, ten minutes later she fell over dead. And the official explanation, oh, well, it was just her time. Uh, she was going to die anyway. Uh, it just happened to coincide with the, you know, her getting the vaccine. And then we hear another story, another one. Oh, yeah, so the lady got, uh, you know, the vaccine, wasn't feeling well, went and went to bed, never woke up. Uh, well, it was just coincidence. They're old people. You know, old people die. Uh, it was just a coincidence. They were, you know, her, her ticket was going to get punched at that time at 325 p.m. on mm. Tuesday afternoon. Uh, a half an hour after getting the vaccine anyway, it's just a coincidence. But then you had story after story after story. Well, that, that's just anecdotal. So, we, you know, those haven't been investigated, uh, you know, independently, yada, yada, yada. I mm. doubt they ever were. Yeah. And so I, I was just, you know, hey, one of those things where I'm just like trying to f form sentences with words because I'm so frustrated because it's like, how many times does this have to happen before you go, yeah, there's something wrong here. You know, this right. this can't be all coincidence. And then right. it, then the part that really got under my skin mm -hmm. was when people tried to say something about this. A, they were conspiracy theorists, nut job, you know, uh, uh, you know Trump loving people, right? Uh, but I would pose the question. I tried mm -hmm. where it was, and other people did too. Where it was like, listen, are you telling me that it is entirely impossible if you've got somebody who is frail? Oh, they're in a skilled nursing facility. They're not running marathons, okay? There's a reason why they're there, right? They're not in good health. You know, they've got co comorbidities. They've got stuff that's going on there. That's the reason why they're in a skilled nursing facility, right? Mm -hmm. So you're telling me that if somebody is, is feeble, ill, not doing well, hanging on to life in a skilled nursing facility, that 
when they're given the vaccine, which it, it is proven, it's data, the data is out there, that the vaccines do cause side effects. Now, to a robust, you know, healthy person, you know, that eats their Wheaties, right? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, you know what? The side effects are not going to manifest the same way as it would an old 90 old person in a skilled nursing facility with comorbidities that is, you know, just not doing well. So you're telling me that there is no way that the, the, the side effects from the vaccine would be enough to be able to push that person over the edge and cause them to die. No, 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 no. You're an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, you, no, no, no. It wasn't the vaccine. Definitely was not the vaccine. Can't be the vaccine because the vaccine is safe and effective. Drove me crazy. Now, this is incidentally, mm-hmm. this is one of the things that when I first uh, started playing around with the AI, if you remember, mm-hmm. the of the very first things I did was I went after the the AI to try to get it to admit that vaccines can kill people. I managed to do it. Okay. But it took a really long time of sitting there reasoning and reasoning and eliminating things and then, you know, narrowing it down and there until I backed it finally into a corner where finally it said, yes, it is possible, but it's rare. Like, you know, like Anthony Fauci would say, right? I'm surprised that you got it to do that and and it didn't yell at you like, leave me alone. I don't know if I could do it now. This was when it first came out. And so Mm -hmm. there, you know, over time it's been refined and refined and refined and refined and stuff, you know, with the Mm -hmm. the people that are training it. But Mm -hmm. bottom line, long story short here. Yeah. Um, what Steve Kirsch has discovered here, I'm I'm actually. It's nice to see. Not that I'm glad that 25 percent of the people in the skilled nursing facility died. Right. But, you know, I at least there's there's something out there now that we can go see. Look, you know, mm-hmm. here here we've got numbers. Numbers don't lie. They don't. If you're if you're going to follow the science, right? Right. Isn't it about about numbers? And math and equations and statistics. Well, and, I thought, yeah. you know, part part of me thought, Super D, when you opened up the mic in frustration that you were going to go, oh, man, Steve Kirsch is trying to, you know, make a link that where there isn't a proven link. It's not definitive. And on, you know, how, how that devil's advocate, the, I right, could have done right, that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, look, though, I think that everything he says is is spot on and correct. I don't know. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Um, it, some of the stuff that he puts out there, he can't really prove. And that's the thing. He can put out the anecdotal stuff. And when you start putting out anecdotal things mm-hmm. and correlation things, that's the first thing that somebody who's on the other side of the argument is going to look right. at and go, look, that's you can't prove that. You know, so, that's not but, reliable evidence. But let's evidence. say arguing uh, implausibility in terms of deniability, And right? that's just it. That's Probability, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, really, you're going to tell me that all these people that died— it, it just happened to be the, the time that they were going to die anyway. That just doesn't make any sense. That's not logical. Mm-mm. That's not logical at all. But, you know, the thing is, is if you can't run it through the the hoops that they want you to run it through in order to get them to agree, then you're a crazy person that's just, uh, you know, trying to scare people. Yeah. So here we are looking backwards, although I think we were looking very current in terms of our well say my my assessments and projections are early on as we didn't know everything about what was going on but we had i had certainly suspicions about it again we knew as we probably knew you know i would say just as much if not more than some of the dumbasses that were on tv trying to tell us what was really going on yeah you know just because we were looking we and you know and we were thinking outside the box well and and what did we do as well i think you pulled a uh uh 
a snippet out of the show yesterday that was interesting uh, for like social media. And, and I went into, you know, what, why would you listen to me? I'm not a doctor, a scientist, you know, all of that stuff. Cause it was like, what am I a homeopath with a bad attitude or whatever? I just make fun of myself in that regard. But it's like, why did we know, did I know things that they claim even today, they don't know perhaps because observation, finding patterns that have emerged over perhaps decades or longer. And then you look at the players involved and say, what is their track record? Like an Anthony Fauci working through the AIDS stuff, the HIV stuff back in the the 80s, 90s, et cetera. And you begin to see a pattern of corruption and deception that is not validated sound science yet because it's new for a lot of people. They're like all over the fear mongering and buying into it where I went, this is wrong. There's just something horribly wrong about this. And of course, it's all coming out and come out many, much of it has. Uh, And then also paying attention to things like, you know, what matters, your immune system your nutrition, you know, your toxicological burdens. These are basic things that don't require a PhD or an MD degree. In fact, it helps if you don't have them oftentimes because those folks have been paid very well not to see certain things, right? If your job depends on not seeing certain things, you will not see them unless you have integrity to go, "Ah, this is wrong. I'm calling it out. And we've, of course, spotlighted and featured any and Every one of those we could find on this show that were willing to speak out against the narrative based on, you know, integrity, scientific or otherwise. And, and so I think the track record now of people looking for, uh, let's say, commentary on these issues. Do you think they've they've broken free a little bit on the appeal to authority or authoritarian super Don, or are we still dealing with largely a warship of authority in terms of who can say what? Because look, Steve Kirsch is not quote. Look unquote, at who they replaced right? Rachel Walensky with. Rochelle Walensky. Rochelle Walensky. Mm-hmm. Look who they replaced Anthony Fauci with. Yeah. Have they have has there been any shift or change where it really matters at this point? I think we can look at the next article from the defender and answer uh, definitively that no, there has not been. <laughs> um, this is uh, an article uh, by Monica Dutcher, and it's a CDC pharma giant's angle for annual COVID shots despite unclear science. And that's being generous to say unclear, because I think it's fairly clear that this technology that they've instituted is devastatingly horrible for your immune system and many other systems of the body. A House committee investigating the pandemic last week asked the new director of the CDC for documents related to plans the agency may recommend annual COVID-19 injections as medical experts told the defender why they believe the science doesn't support such a plan. So to your point, Super D, yeah, they have meet the old boss, the new boss, same as the old boss kind of thing scenario, which we're not surprised by. Remember when Rochelle Walensky was on the way out going, hey, we 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 did we made some mistakes, but hey, look, we're going to reorganize. We're going to reform it. Just send us more money, increase our budgets. It'll be better this time. What evidence do we have of that? They hired another uh, lackey from the I think also from the HIV AIDS realm. Again, the scam continues. These people that have never acknowledged that they were wrong, even though they are wrong and have been wrong from the beginning. Uh, Representative Brad Wenstrup, Republican Ohio, last week sent a letter to, uh, well, who is this, Cohen? Um, Let's see, I'm just reading through this. It is unclear if the science supports such a recommendation. If this anticipated CDC recommendation occurs, it will mark a significant change in federal policy and guidance regarding COVID-19 vaccines and the way in which they're utilized. But Wenstrup, may or may not be aware of 
the entirety of the pattern of the CDC being the marketing and distribution arm of the vaccine industrial complex. And so inevitably, invariably, this is what they are set up to do, unless maybe we we could get Jonathan Ebor to the U.S. Senate and he could start plant, pulling some, pushing some legislation and educating folks that have some level of integrity, scraps of it that he can find there, uh, to uh, defund these things, to, to diminish their ability to do these things, despite the fact that they have become, again, the marketing and distribution arm for companies like Pfizer, Moderna, Novavax, name it. And there, the, you know, the ACIP committee associated with CDC uh, almost never meets a vaccine it doesn't want to mandate for children, which means then it would be uh, protected under uh, the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, having no liability by the companies themselves. Great deal if you're an evil bastard. I'm just going to say it like that, even though I know the term bastard is not defined the way I'm using it, but you get the way it, the sentiment that I'm throwing out there. These people care not for what works or doesn't as long as they can profit from it. And profit is not evil in and of itself, done in integrity and honesty with 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 uh, products that don't maim, injure, and kill and have to use deceptive practices as well as false or pseudoscience to promote them as, as well as requiring liability protection should they injure or kill. It's astonishing. And even if the FDA occasionally raises uh, a red flag about something, by and large, this agency has promoted things that end up being pulled from the market because they're so dangerous and deadly. And who gets fired? Who gets fined? Who gets put in jail? Well, to some degree, you see some fines uh, being thrown back at the pharmaceutical industry itself, which is which is funny because they pretty much own the regulators. And you go, oh, see, that's evidence they don't own the regulators or else the regulators would never fine them. But if you make a trillion and you're fined a billion or a few hundred million, you're doing just fine. So the ruse, the illusion that there's regulation going on, if you can call it that, is, is just that, an illusion, as they promote more of the same. So the question is, are you going to participate in this insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? And uh, would you hold your candidates feet to the fire, whether it be at local, state, or federal level elections, to ask them point blank their perspective on things like this that should be very well within our current memory? It's not that long ago. And, you know, Super Don and I were talking about some of these things as well, about how long do you think it would be before they would try to pull another scamdemic? You know, I think they need some level of we forgot about the last one before they do it again. That's why we're still close to that time frame, which is why some have posited and argued, and I'm, in, I'm inclined to agree with them, that the next pandemic is going to be considered a climate emergency. And it'll be related to any and all diseases they can tie to it, which is basically anything, because they tell you everything's associated with global warming or climate change. Anything and everything. You name it, pick the weirdest, obscure thing, Super Don, and they'll make an argument that, yep, it's related to climate change. Everything and anything. And you've heard some of the weird claims about that. And so oh, yeah. in that way, they don't need one thing. They don't need Marburg <clears throat> or Zika. Or, they don't even know one thing. They just need, oh, my gosh, there's a preponderance of everything. And it's all because of this. So we have a climate emergency. Oh, We're yeah. going to lock you down. Well, We're going to shut was you it? down. Just a couple of weeks ago, it was like 118 degrees in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, how many how many articles did you see in wet newscasts of like, oh, this yeah. is... 
oh, this is definitely global warming. This is this climate change that's going on here. We've never seen. Wait a minute. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me go look in the uh, in in the in the records of mm-hmm. uh, temperatures that have happened in the last fifty years, hundred years. Yeah. Oh crap. Yeah. Let's see. There was a a, a record that was uh, five degrees warmer back mm-hmm. in uh, uh, 1953, yeah. uh, and then it was even hotter than that in uh, in 1902. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. You're just a climate denier. It's all, I think it's all yeah. perspective. You know, mm-hmm. it's like how long have, have we been walking around on this on this planet? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was there stuff that, that was going on that goes beyond what our memory is that we can relate to? Mm-hmm. That you know, we, well, all we know is what we know today, right? Yeah. So, so it's like you know, in our lifetime, boy, well, man, that is a hot day right there. Well, what but is, you know what? Two or three generations ago, sure. We had, you know, great great grandparents that were going, man, it's really hot out here today. But we have we can't we can't relate to that because we weren't there, right? Mm -hmm. You forget. It's all about perspective. Yeah, and uh, let's think about what's happened in Phoenix or even in Las Vegas, where where it gets to triple digits for every day in the summer. How about the heat dome associated with paving over even dirt and sand in a desert? The increased expectation of temperature rise based on the, the retention of that heat in the overnight where it would normally dissipate to a greater degree than it can or will in a, ta- in a place where they're now covered in buildings and concrete, for instance. Yeah. These are other issues to consider. And then we look back at the, oh, wait, it's CO2. And then you realize, my gosh, throughout the history of the planet, there's evidence that CO2 has been 5, 10, 20, 30 times higher. And it, and it wasn't necessarily uh, uh, correlated 100% with being warm or not. And, of course, the higher CO2, the better the plant life. That means we can grow more food. So everything about this climate, quote, fake emergency, doesn't mean there's not a toxicological burden in the environment, because that's been my argument for, from day one, back when I was talking about Al Gore. Remember when he was running for president back in the you know 2000 against GWB? And I said, look, if he had argued that this is a toxicological nightmare associated with the environment, He'd have something where everybody go, yeah, we don't like toxic poisons in the air so much. But to make it about the temperature, what a failure that was. How many times have they made predictions that have absolutely not happened? In fact, the opposite has happened. It was an inconvenient truth at the time, right? Yeah, exactly. So Bobby Kennedy, at least, acknowledges that the climate change emergencies are being used to to rob you of your freedom, even if he has a belief in the CO2 hypothesis, as he's claimed, causing global warming or something like that. But I got I give him credit to say, hey man, let the free market work it out. If you got a problem with the environment, let's let freedom and innovation reign and then do better more efficiently. Now, real quick, uh, there's a story at about lawsuits that says study by a former FDA advisor or advisors finds that the agency is biased toward drug approving towards approving new drugs. Please tell me this could be a moment of duh. Uh I mean it. That's not one it's, of those where you go. Uh, well, not everybody. Not well. It depends. It's I mean, close. because not not everybody in this audience totally aware. Well, dude, what do you think? We only have like the same twelve people that have been listening for the last twenty years. Come on. Well, we might be up. We to got 24. new people that have just discovered us. That you know, if you go like, well, if you don't know this, you're a dumbass. You know, it's <laughs> no, like, oh, what, what are they going to do? They're going to turn off the radio. You know, I, I mean, just come on. Figured that people know the FDA is biased in approving <sighs> new drugs. No, there are new people know. learning this all the time. Regulatory but capture. They don't know. Whenever okay. I see a story like this, though, or an article yeah. like this, or a study like this. Mm-hmm. The reason why I bring it up is not, not to not to annoy you. <laughs> it's it's no. because it's it's uh, validation, ah, right? And you, I think that's important. You validate me. Yes. You complete me. 
Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Super Don. I mean, I feel all better about this now. Uh, we've got so many upcoming events. Uh, let me just look at the calendar real quick. If you go to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com, uh, you can open up that tab and take a look, and you'll see that this weekend is the Red Pill Expo with G. Edward Griffin. And, of course, the Red Pill Expo is an extraordinary educational opportunity and an empowering opportunity to learn about things that, uh, you know, the bad guys don't want you to know about. The Red Pill. August 12th and 13th, Des Moines, Iowa, this weekend. Coming up Saturday, Sunday, I'll be emceeing, I'll be speaking, and we'll be pouring silver shots, copper shots. We'll have uh, we'll have Folium PX. We'll have Folium. Bobri will be there as well. We'll have Cardio Miracle there. There'll be so many awesome folks there, and I look forward to seeing you. And then shortly thereafter, I can't believe how fast this is coming up on us. September 2nd through 6th, Labor Day weekend, the Cancer Control Society's 48th Annual Convention. Joining us now to give us, uh, well, fill in some of the blanks we might have on the event and what's going on and how we can help get everybody in those seats to be there is Frank Cusano. Frank. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. Good to be here with you. Good to see you, my brother. And uh, shout out to our friend Bobbery who helped coordinate getting you back on the show as well. And uh, that Folium product we love very much. It's helping out a lot of people, including my mother. So I hope everybody takes a look, gets it. And you'll see at these events that he'll be at, that I'll be at, you can actually get them, try it, et cetera. And uh, how's it going, Frank? I mean, this is a big task to put this on 48 annual. I mean, this is amazing. And you're still standing strong despite all of the obstacles, including FDA, not being a fan of the things that are presented at the event. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is that um, in the, over the, over the years we've been doing it, we've had uh, some reports uh, either exhibitors or potential exhibitors have said that they were warned by the FDA uh, stay away from the Cancer Control Society convention if you don't want to destroy your credibility. And then, of course, we've numerous numerous times uh, FDA, FTC have contacted exhibitors after the event over some some allegations of things they may may have said. Mm. And you know, I have no way of knowing because I didn't hear what the allegation. Uh, what they what they said, and we have people that say things sometimes that are either intemperate or mm. um, misconstrued. But but, I, why, but why is there a, a you know federal police force trying to uh, police speech, right? You know, and that's that's something that is very very vital today. Um, you mentioned just a few minutes ago the free market will not only regulate and mod modify what is found to be not true or or of marginal value um it will it'll punish the people that that are doing things they shouldn't do uh but when the government steps in again it it changes the the dynamic between and and of course in what what we're really talking about it changes the dynamic between the patient and his or her doctor. Mm -hmm. And how far back do we want to go where yeah. physicians and healers would help patients based on an ideal? Uh, I guess it's not hate speech, just use the term Hippocratic Oath. Um, and, and so many things that we see today, even in the alternative cancer 
cancer clinics had a basis in Hippocrates. And that was what, 2,500 years ago or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, and uh, the other thing, you know, in, in college, when we're taking philosophy classes, uh, uh, they, they said the, the, the only change is change itself. Mm -hmm. And the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, and I, you mentioned too, the, the people in the FDA, uh, pharmaceutical, they go from one industry, from industry, private industry, back into to government service. <laughs> and, and, and then they, and they teach in the government, particularly the government schools, uh, don't listen to your parents listen to us. And I, I recall it was probably the last three or four months. Um, there was one of the C CNN commentators talking about, you know, COVID information. And he says right on there, don't listen to people on the internet. Listen to us. We will give you the, the right information. And of course, everything we know they said about COVID was uh, prevarication to put it, uh, try to put it kindly. Um, but <laughs> I, I, and I, I think on red pill, you know, uh, expo, the, the value of Ed Griffin and his experience, his research skills, um, is that he, he doesn't just take something at face value. Uh, he looks behind it. He d dives deep into uh, whatever it is. And, um, and now that he comes up with a solution. Mm -hmm. And I remember gosh, 40, 40 some years ago, you know, sitting down with Ed and talking about uh, various things. Uh, and one of the things he told me early on, he says, you know, Frank, we, anybody can point out uh, the problem and talk about the problem, uh, scare people with the problem. But if we don't provide a solution, we have done our people, our audience a disservice. And in putting together Cancer Control Society events um, and doing interviews uh, with people like you, the, that's always stuck in my mind. Uh, yes, we need to we need to learn what the problems are. We need to understand them, what the ramifications. Uh, but if that's all we know, <laughs> the the fear and despair and desolation will take over, mm -hmm. um, and we don't we don't progress. Yeah, what could, what could happen in an environment of a free exchange of ideas and experimentation? What could possibly happen? You might actually find things that work. Uh, but of course, for those that are in power or that uh, basically uh, um, captured, for instance, the power structure in our government, the agencies, uh, the, what could happen to them is that they have competition. They now have to compete to be that solution that they, uh, we argue, are not, for the most part, they are not. They are operating within monopoly and they are operating within a paradigm of belief that they could poison you back to health radiate yeah. you back to health or just cut body parts out until you have nothing left back to health. And that's the only way, even as I would defend anyone's right to access if that's what they felt was best for them. But in the current scenario, and it's been going on for many decades, as you know, 
you don't have that freedom to choose and you struggle. We struggle just to be able to communicate openly, directly, freely, even with sound scientific, uh, let's say backing or even peer reviewed publications when it violates the prime directive of those that have owned and controlled our government and the agencies is that you can have any cancer treatment you want as long as it's chemo, radiation and surgery and it's approved by the FDA. You know, an interesting note to that is um, a few years ago, the FDA approved a product called uh, Keytruda, and I forget, I forget the you know the the, the compound name, the, the generic name, but uh, Keytruda's product is used for lung cancer, and um, and I've seen the commercials. This doctor smiling, how happy he is now to have a new therapy, an immunotherapy, not just chemotherapy. Um, and I guess you can you can use words in a narrow definition or very broad. And, and, and the intent, when the intent is to deceive, it doesn't matter how you use them, you're prevaricating, you're deceiving. And uh, when I talk with patients who had family members using uh, the main thing they talked about was how sick they were. So it's classified as an immunotherapy because they get to, 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 to determine the, the definitions. And the definition of a chemotherapy drug is it, it goes against cancer cells or rapidly proliferating cells. Oh, but an immunotherapy drug is, um, is something that, that modifies, whether it's a gene expression or uh, upregulates, downregulates Im, uh, immunomodulation. Um, but the result is the same. Mm-hmm. The, it doesn't really take care of the disease. It makes the, shortens the lifespan and uh, the quality of life is gone. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's one of the things we've talked about. You and I've talked about it uh, for uh, 40 years or so, well, close to 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only should people, individuals have the right to choose, um, the, the, the doctors should have the same, same privilege to study uh, what, what works in this condition and what, what doesn't. Well, this one seems to be uh, effective. And, and again, for us, the, the operant words, safe, effective, and affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any one of those is not in play, it's, 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 real, it's a mind game or uh, what uh, economists would call a profit center. Yes, yes. Well, if we say safe, effective, and affordable, that which the FDA approve is, uh, approves of for cancer therapy is largely none of those things. Largely none of them. Yeah. And, um, and there was also a curious uh, uh, quirk in, in here in this FDA process. Um, the neuroblastoma in children, which is, it's a tumor condition, and there's very little that conventional oncology can really do for it. Um, they, they, most, most uh, 
chemotherapy drugs, they tell you, if, you know, we're going to extend your life five years. And if you live that uh, first day after the fifth year, uh, you're cured just because you survived uh, five years. Quality of life doesn't have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, just the fact that, that you survived. Well, it's interesting with um, the, the neuroblastoma in children. Uh, when they found out that uh, they couldn't keep the children alive for five years, they changed the definition of cure mm -hmm. to uh, three years. Well, alter the definition. And they then, could yeah. keep them alive for three years and say it's a cure. And that goes down in the statistical chart. But the patient dies within One the next day. two years afterwards. That's yeah. amazing. Absolutely amazing. These statistical uh, uh, tricks, if you will, to make claims that aren't valid in any way, shape or form. And if you go to scientific reality, was there really a cure? And what was the quality of life in that time span? And is it possible there were other things that could have helped and not hurt? And this child could have been really cured as opposed to the kind of cure that they only approve of if it comes from that which they approve of again. Well, and, and it even goes to the heart of the, of the using the word cure. Mm hmm which is not a scientific term. It may be statistical, it may be public relations, but it's not science. Because um, I, I think if we're gonna use the word cure, mm -hmm. there are only two things that have that, uh, that permanence, mm -hmm. uh, death and taxes. <laughs> uh, cure means something never comes back. Mm -hmm. And we know that particularly with chemotherapy, uh, the, the, the incidence of cancer coming back is extremely high. Uh, two reasons. Number one, chemotherapy doesn't kill cancer stem cells that, that cancer cells produce as to be immortal as a way to, to, to live on. Um, and the other thing is that uh, uh, the, the chemotherapy usually kills the patient or <laughs> before the cancer's gone. That's right. Yeah. And so again, it's and what we try to do with the Cancer Control Society is present the options. Uh, we'll examine whatever appears to work. And I remember when I first first got involved, and then we're talking about the mid mid seventies, mid seventies. Uh, on the alternative therapy side, there was almost a knee jerk against any conventional remedies because we had seen the damage done by surgery, radiation, and, and chemotherapy. Um, and the, 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 the effects of that, okay, people, if you're going to suggest a little radiation, a little chemotherapy, uh, or maybe surgery is necessary, it, it changes that, that dialogue, the dynamic away from uh, maybe perhaps a, a good compromise and um, and then the other side profits, and then we're not not only maligned, and that's fine. Um, you know, sticks and stones. Yeah, we're big uh, boys. We can handle it. But what's yes. not what's not right about critique or criticism when it uh, comes at the cost of the freedom to make choices that you don't agree with or approve of, and that's where I would say, if anything, over forty eight years of the Cancer Control Society. Have we gained some ground, if not with FDA, then with the consciousness of the people realizing, man, there are a lot of options outside of what the FDA says. We only have these. 
I think there's a, a tremendous amount uh, or numbers of people that are aware of that now that call ridiculous statements that the only legitimate things to do for cancer are the, the big three. I, I, I agree with you. And I think most of our, our even most of our presenters uh, agree with that. And, um, and in some cases, uh, a judicious use of conventional uh, protocols may very well help to get the disease process under control. Mm-hmm. And um, people want to know, well, will I be cured? Well, you, you're, you're only cured, you put the disease into remission. And um, if the, if the, 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 the laetrile, vitamin B17, the poly-MVA, mm-hmm. uh, vitamin C, uh, turmeric, all of these things may control the cancer, may put it into remission. Uh, and particularly if you change your diet, your lifestyle, you look at, okay, what foods support cancer, what foods uh, tend to suppress cancer. Mm-hmm. And if you adopt uh, the methods that suppress cancer, enhance your overall health status, uh, you're, you're going to, to live a, a lot longer. And people will ask me sometimes, well, how long do I have to do this regimen? How long do I have to eat right. this way? How long do I have to take the supplements? And I just tell them, look them in the eye and say, quite frankly, you only have to do it as long as you want to live. Right. How, how long do we uh, have to, let's say, regain or restore the conditions that are conducive for vital health versus conditions that provide the growth medium for what we call cancer? that's the the critical factor and so many of the presenters at cancer control over the years you know there's i don't mean to segment it like this frank but you can describe there are a lot of docs that are traditional allopathic oncologists that have presented that have found innovative therapies within oncology or have integrated other holistic natural therapies or have gone completely that way and it's a wide variety of mix you're not into censorship you're into bringing out all of the options for us to learn everybody has the option to learn and then act on that new information hopefully maybe study it more or engage and and succeed Uh, there's also you know a focal point whether it be oncological or more holistically to as you point out there are strategies to target and quote unquote kill cancer cells like Laetrile B17 or other things. Then there are other focal points that I don't think are mutually exclusive, but can be overriding even the need to kill cancer by altering the terrain of the body so much so through nutrition, diet, exercise, detoxification, that you're not killing cancer. You're just altering the terrain so much that cancer can no longer grow. There's nothing it for can it. No anymore. longer survive. Yeah. So all of those things are presented at the Cancer Control Society. And, you know, again, it, it, you don't have to be uh, uh, hating on doctors to be there. You know, you've welcomed doctors into the fold. In fact, well, there's a lot of good docs that are following up on one of my dearest friends in this lifetime, no longer with us. You know him, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. Yes. His wife, Mary Beth, is going to be there along with Andre Williams and a number of uh, what we call the Gonzalez Guardians, some of the docs that have picked up on the things Dr. Nick did. And are continuing that. And I know that some of them will present, including Antonio Jimenez, one of our friends here, maybe some others that you know of. I'm looking at the ca- the calendar uh, schedule, and you still have some gaps to fill there. That we, have some, then. we have some gaps. Um, and a lot of it has to do with conf- confirming day, mm-hmm. and, day and time. But we have many of the Mexican clinics represented. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's where, that's where this whole movement originally gained traction. 
we we yes we had Dr. Richardson in in the Northern California area, uh, San Francisco Bay area was using these techniques very successfully. Uh, but again, he was uh, again uh, harassed by the establishment. They took away his license, uh, and and the in Tijuana particularly, the. And, and again, whether it was the, the local government decided, you know, we're going to make some money off this. Mm -hmm. So we're going to allow this. Um, the, the, the rule became that uh, a, a, a licensed physician, um, again, operating mm -hmm. under the scope of his license in, in, in Tijuana, uh, could use pretty much whatever he wanted that he thought would benefit the patient. And the requirement was that if it's something outside uh, mainstream oncology, he would have to produce uh, the, the, the product and the rationale. Here's what the product is. Here's what's in it. And here's how it, we believe it works. And uh, these are the studies that have been done. This is our experience with, with patients. And so, um, for, for, for instance, um, uh, hyperthermia. Hyperthermia goes back to Hippocrates, um, and it increases the temperature of the tumor or the area around the tumor or the whole body because the it, in some cases it kills cancer cells. In other cases, it weakens them so that whatever other therapies are being used mm -hmm. uh, are enhanced with the hyperthermia. If you go PubMed and some of these places, you'll see that a lot of the uh, research in hyperthermia was done around MD Anderson in Houston, Texas. Okay, and it proved effective. It proved that they could uh, enhance any of the other therapies. They could even reduce the amount of radiation, the amount of chemotherapy that had to be used mm -hmm. to get a positive result. Um, and how many of those doctors are using hyperthermia today? Zero. But you can go to Mexico, you can go to Germany, you can go to Italy, China, uh, Japan. And yeah. Japan has done a lot of research in various forms of, of hyperthermia. And there's a whole field called um, um, moderate hyperthermia. And a good friend, our, the, uh, the late Dr. Abo, uh, spoke at our convention some years ago. Uh, he was studying all forms of uh, hyperthermia, mild hyperthermia, mm -hmm. uh, heavy-duty hyperthermia. And, uh, and again, depending on the condition of the patient. Uh, but, again, hyperthermia is something that doesn't kill patients. Mm -mm. Um, and uh, it... And most all of the clinics now in Tijuana use some form of hyperthermia. Two basic types, the German and the, the Japan whole body, where there's a chamber built, and you put the body in there with the head out, okay, mm -hmm. and it raises the temperature to a certain level, holds it there, Yeah. then there's a cool down. And there's another type that's called perfusion, uh, where the patient is put into a surgical setting, um, um, given so, uh, the uh, 
uh, anest uh, not the, the a sedative, something to calm them down. Sedative, yeah, correct. And do they do and, the heating of the blood? And they just they yeah. like tell people, look, they 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 put a tube in one side, run it through a heater, and put it back on the other side. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think yeah. the tubes are pretty close together. Blood perfusion, but, yeah. Uh, and, and these are things again, innovations that would facilitate more success with the quote-unquote traditional forms of oncology if you feel yes. like you want to go. So it enhances the ability of those things to work if that's your choice. But as you point out, even with all the science supportive of the benefit, who in America is utilizing this in terms of uh, traditional oncology? They're, and they're not doing it here no. because of the, uh, the, the regulation, the threat of uh, constabulary reaction against practitioners. In some cases, uh, even patient advocates have been uh, threatened with with prosecution. Yeah. Uh, so, who who uh, uh, and who, and these are just you know we've just touched on on a few of the things. Well, uh, yeah. I want people to come to the uh, Cancer Control Society and learn about them all. Yes, and uh, as, as I say, every day we're getting uh, more speakers confirmed. Uh, but we encourage people to go to uh, cancercontrolsociety.org. Uh, we have it linked up in the show notes. If you just click on the the banner and upcoming events as well, or today's show, you can click on it. It'll take you there, and you can actually yes. see what's happening. And every day, as you add more speakers into the list, and uh, how to get there, when it and where. It's Glendale, California, basically over the Labor Day weekend. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday, the Doctor Symposium. Again, there'll be tours for those that can sign up in time to the Mexican Cancer Clinics as well. Yes. And that's just a wonderful opportunity each year now, 48 years running uh, against all odds. You know, and I and, wonder when still, 48 years later, when <laughs> one state in this nation would nullify the FDA and the feds on this issue and say we become a medical freedom state and that they would benefit economically by the medical tourism that is now leaving to go to Mexico, to Thailand, to other areas of the world, we could have some of the most innovative and, and impressive uh, cancer treatment facilities that do not tow the pharmaceutical party line, even though you can argue there are ways and reasons to utilize both. And that's what's being Correct. done successfully in other places around the world, including right across the border from San Diego into Tijuana. Well, and, and when, when the, the integrative therapy uh, practitioners, uh, they look at the conventional elements and it may be surgery, it may be radiation, it may be uh, chemotherapy, uh, but they use them as, um, as, as, as tools, mm-hmm. tools in the correct amount, the correct time, the correct supplementation around it, rather than weapon of mass destruction. You read and my that's mind. That's what we see with, exactly, with, with Frank. radiation yeah. Yeah. and chemotherapy. It's, they're used as weapons of mass destruction. And um, stunning. To yeah. me, it's not even scientific. Yeah. No, not at all. Uh, again, if you want to be, uh, uh, you know, blowing things up and breaking things and killing people, join the uh, the the armed forces. If you want to help heal people, I don't think that's what you know doctors initially intended to go in to do. But many of them are trapped in it. And I would encourage you, if you're on the fence on these issues, come on down to the Cancer Control Society Labor Day weekend, Glendale, California. Again, a shout out and thanks to our good friend Bobri Oren and Folium PX for supporting you and the show. And he'll be there. You guys can check it out. He'll be with me as well at the Red Pill Expo. He may even be with me at the, I'm not sure. We'll find out. There's a Las Vegas event, the Biomed Expo coming up I believe up in he's going to be there. Yeah. He'll so there's be a there lot of well. great opportunities to meet with Bob. We ask questions and get the Folium PX if you want to order it. FoliumPX.com. 
RSB10 gets you 10% off. And Frank, uh, Ty Bollinger says hello. He's uh, joining me in the second hour, and I know he loves and appreciates you as I do. We, we, and we appreciate him. We love yeah. and appreciate uh, Ty and, and Charlene. Um, and cancercontrolsociety.org, click on right below the there, the the link for the convention. Mm-hmm. And encourage people to, they can, they can online, they can make the hotel reservation, and they can also uh, sign up. They get a modest discount if they sign up for three days and they can sign up for the tour. They can sign up for the symposium online. If they prefer to send a check, there's a form, download the form, mail it in with, with a check. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there and, and your audience. Yes. Love, and Frank, again, and, I want to connect you with some possible speakers once again. So please let's find a way to do that. Cause I know you've got some gaps to fill and you're waiting on some, yes. but we've got some great people that I think would uh, do tremendously well and help people a lot when we're there together. We'll talk a little later. All right, Frank. All right, Robert, thank you. Thank you very much. And look forward to seeing you. All right. Cancer control society. Check it out. Links are up in the show notes at robertscabell.com. Next hour, we go outside the box with, you know, who Ty Bollinger. It's been a while. We'll check out what's happening after the remedy docuseries is aired and uh, man, a whole lot of other stuff we want to catch up on. I hope y'all are enjoying the show. We'll tell you about some more upcoming events as well. Say thanks to the folks that support this message of health, freedom and healing Liberty, including our friends at Trinity school of natural health, trinityschool.org, uh, nutritional frontiers. And this is, um, this is what I'm using to try and catch up with uh, Ty Bollinger. They've got the super creatine that I've never been on before. Before this formula came out, I would never do creatine alone. This is amazing. And I'm putting on muscle weight. I'm not there yet to Ty Bollinger level. We'll check him out when we come back from this break. God bless y'all. Thank you for being here. The power to heal is yours. Well, it wasn't because uh, he was on a list or anything that he hasn't been around. Uh, It's simply because he's been too dang busy to stop by and say hello. My brother, my friend, you love him, you know him. Ty Bollinger joins us to go outside the box on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Woo-hoo! What's up, buddy? At least I go wild. I don't know if the crowd went wild that time, but I did. (laughs) They went wild because I'm chewing something, and they're like, surprise, surprise, Ty's not ready. Right. You look good. I get yelled at if I'm eating food on the air, unless it's part of a segment that we had planned. And how come I don't have whatever you're having? Because I'm eating it right here. <laughs> Welcome back, my brother. How did the uh, the Remedy film do in terms of uh, eyeballs on it? Is it you did, were you able to overcome all of the censorship, the the shadow banning, the the, the you know the deplatforming, de- the being on the the center for countering digital hate hit list, all of that. It did really well, had a lot of views, a lot of support, but heavily banned, heavily censored still. Um, I mean, it's just, inc- it's incredible the amount of censorship that we get. But um, I, I thought it was, you know, very good reception. I don't know if you saw it or not, but you were heavily yeah. featured in it. Um, and it was just uh, very well received and just po- a lot of really positive feedback from the whole series. People commented that this is exactly what they needed. They needed answers, not just, you know, not just to be made aware of the problem, but give us some real solutions. And we really we did that through Remedy. So we're very excited about it. Had a great response. We'll, we'll relaunch it again in, you know, a half year or whatever and mm-hmm. try to figure out ways to get it in front of other people's eyeballs that need it because we are being so heavily censored. But 
I'm very thankful. It was a good launch. Good. And I, and I hope and pray a lot of people bought the, the, the various, the, I guess you get one, the hero package, you gave five away, which just means you could share it with everybody. And now thumb drives are like probably the best way because not many people yeah. have DVD players anymore. You know, we, we did, we got a lot of, we had a lot of support. So thank you to everybody that bought the hero package. And yeah, what you got buy buy one and get five free. And majority of people chose the thumb drives, but it was pretty close. It was like, 55%, 45%. I was shocked at how many people still wanted DVDs. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, that was the purpose is to get it in front of as many eyeballs as possible. So, you know, buy one, get five free. It's not a bad deal. It costs us a lot of money to print all those things. I mean, it's, it's very expensive for us to, yeah. you know, buy one, get one, five free. That's a lot of print costs on our, and it's, it increases shipping costs, increases all the costs all the way around. But that's why we're doing it, man. You've got to get it in front of people's eyeballs to, to wake them up. And, and I think the buy one, get five free was a great thing to do it. I, I, that's like ridiculous. I, you hear buy one, get one, buy one, get five. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they, everybody knows five people that need to see it. So I hope that they, it gets out there and, um, but we're, we're very happy with the launch and, and, uh, we got to just, we're trying to figure out ways around the censorship. Right. It's still pretty thick. Yeah. And despite all of the, the overt censorship that now is being called out, including lawsuits against it, et cetera, um, now in Congress, apparently uh, Imran Ahmed from the Center Counter Countering Digital Hate Guy, that AstroTurf organization out of England is facing congress congressional inquiry for Disinfo Dozen Report. So it's yeah. really making some inroads up at the congressional level. Have you had any interaction with any Tennessee representatives or senators that are sympathetic to the censorships and being put on that list for you in Tennessee? Yeah. You know, Senator, Senator Pody here, you, you probably met him. He was at the, the truth about cancer live 21 in Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, Senator Pody's certainly on our side. Um, but we were shocked with it. It looks, you know, Elon Musk talked about suing and is suing Imran Ahmed, you know, the CEO for the CCDH. So pretty wild that, that, that Musk stepped up and there's a lot of other lawsuits that are brewing as well. Are, are you still engaged in, in a suit with Bobby Kennedy against some of the uh, uh, yeah. social media companies that, that engaged in censorship? Yeah, we're still suing the Trusted News Initiative, which was not news, it was propaganda, and they shouldn't be trusted. So I guess that works like, like, like the Federal Reserve System, the Trusted News Initiative. They're not trusted and it's not news. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we're still suing them. And uh, it's, I, I, they're, we're working on venue and it looks like it's going to be in Louisiana, which is good because there's a judge there that will handle the case. It's very favorable to okay. the freedom. So um, that's, that's, it's, it's going to be a slow process. I don't, I don't see any kind of a speedy resolution, but uh, we're still in the process of that. Yeah, no, that's huge. And uh, Musk suing the, the, the CCDH is pretty, it's interesting. Musk is an interesting character, isn't he? There's so much like you look at it and go, but this, but this, and this, but this, it's like, but on the surface, anyway, suing CCDH and maybe getting some level of discovery to find out where the funds are coming from, that would go a long way into revealing who's really interested, who's the interested party in stopping you and your wife, Ty and Charlene, and, and many others on that list, or any of us not on the list, uh, because of, uh, well, the information we provide disempowers them and empowers individuals that no yeah. longer need to live in fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that Musk has done that. At times, Musk reminds me of kind of like a man child. Mm. He's he's a gazillionaire, very smart, but it's almost like he's still a child at times. Um, 
in kind of an innocent way. It's it's kind of he's kind of got a weird vibe, but I'm I'm glad that he's doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and Sayer G's been very helpful. He's he's just very very uh, apt researcher, and he's gotten to the bottom of a lot of the financial ties with the CCDH, and it's amazing how deep the ties go. Um, back to the Illuminati, global elites, whatever you want to call it. That's who's mm-hmm. funding all this, is the people that are running the world. Right. Well, why is it that they're so invested in censoring information that provides, you'll say, options to people? Because the, those who, quote unquote, run the world or, or have attempted to run the world or in some way shape policies around the world are not invested in our, in our freedom. In fact, quite the opposite. They, they would like a slave class of people around the world under one world government. Yep. And this has been going on for centuries, in fact. And yet it's playing itself out through the modern technology where there are digital footprints and tracking uh, measurements and, of course, financing measurements. So you can start finding out and parsing the veil to find out, oh, who's actually engaged in this as opposed to nefarious, ghostly people that you don't know if they exist or not. This is a real concerted effort. And I don't think anybody would dispute that except to say, well, uh, some might argue that it, well, it's really to protect people from Ty Bollinger as if you know, we need to be protected from you. <laughs> well, you just, you know, wear, wear shades when you're around me because I got bright colors on it. It might hurt your eyeballs. But other than that, you don't need any protection from me unless you're allergic to the truth. Yes, exactly. Or y- y- humongous ripped muscles. Like, dude, what are you doing from the time that we first met? Even five years ago, we had some uh, pictures come up on the feed from five mm-hmm. years ago when we were moving out west and yeah. visited you. It's like you, you had uh, a different let's say dimension in terms of your presence physically. And it's transformed a lot. You've gone through a lot in the last five years, but maybe there's some tips and secrets to get ripped like Ty Bollinger. Oh, look at that. There's a picture. Oh, there's a picture. I think that's super Don. Yeah. Yeah. It's five years ago. We were in the backyard there and on the way through the family got to visit. We even had our cat with us <laughs> heading out West. I can't believe it's been five years. That was but great, man. Yeah, looked- that was great. And that was literally like, the week after we returned from going to Asia for filming Eastern Medicine, that documentary, mm-hmm. we, we literally came back and uh, y'all came. It was first week of August 2018. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I look yeah. at your arms now and I look at them then. You had a, more of a layer of, of a general, I don't know, I'll call fat. it fat, fat layer. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't like you were obese or fat. I'm just saying that it was a different body type within the body that you exist in today. So what happened in five years or what happened within the last year? I mean, it's a fascinating journey. Someone will say, Hey, he's losing weight. Is he okay? I'm looking at you like, dude, you're, you're looking ripped and fit. Thanks man. Um, you know what happened? Honestly, I'll, I'll share. I haven't, we haven't really talked about it on the air, but, um, it was August. I'm sorry. July the 4th, 2021. Charlene and I spoke at Greg Locke's church here in Nashville. It was, you know, four months before TTAC Live. Mm-hmm. And we spoke at his uh, Freedom Fest for July the 4th. And I watched the video the next day. And I was like, I look like a big fat guy. <laughs> and, I, and I was like really uh, convicted personally that mm-hmm. we're in the health space. And I didn't look healthy. I looked like a big fat guy. You didn't like so, called Ty the Tub of Goo. You know, I you don't realize it when it sne- sneaks up on you over years and years, mm-hmm. a little bit at a time. And I just didn't realize how out of shape I looked. And so that that day I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't continue to do this 
to have the truth about cancer, the truth about vaccines, preach health when I don't look healthy and, and I'm probably not healthy. So that's when I started, you know, exercising more regularly, hitting the gym every day, really eating a clean diet, calorie restriction, because the, the, the cultures that live the longest across the world, they eat a calorie restricted diet. You don't see guys that are 300 pounds living a long time. You see guys that are 150 pounds living a long time because your heart's not made to pump blood through that much flesh for that long. It's got a limited number of beats and a limited number of amount of power. So I just realized I needed to do something at that point. So within a couple of months, I dropped, I was at, I was at 265 pounds mm-hmm. um, in the, in that picture that they're probably that I'm looking at that, that, that uh, from five years ago, I was probably in the 265 ish range there too, probably about mm-hmm. the same as I was July 4th, 2021. Mm-hmm. And then just started calorie restricting and working out hard and dropped about 20 pounds in the first six weeks, four weeks, six weeks. And I was like, okay, cool. Down to 240. I can, I'm going to keep going. And then um, by TTAC live in 2021, I was down about 220. Wow. So I'd already dropped 40 pounds there. And people were at that point, they're like, yeah, you've lost some weight. You look good. And um, so then I just continued it. And by Christmas and then January of 2021 or 2022. Mm -hmm. So last January, I was right down around 210, 200, 210. Wow. Which is, which is, I'm still, I'm at 200 today. So I'm, I'm, I'm not light by any means. I'm still a heavy guy, but I've lost 65 pounds since then. Dude. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm shredded. I don't have hardly any body fat. No, it's amazing um, what you've done now. Uh, primarily you're talking about the concept of intermittent fasting, calorie restriction. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously uh, you're not afraid of eating fat. Nope. No, I, I eat good fats. Um, the main thing that has worked for me is I've tried a lot of different diets over the years, see what works. Cause I've always had an issue with, you know, being heavier than I wanted to be. You're the opposite. <laughs> um, but what I found is that whether it was ketogenic or this diet or that diet, I ate too much. So you <laughs> can go ketogenic all day long, yeah. but if you're eating 3000, 4,000 calories, ketogenic, you ain't going to lose weight. You're eating too many <laughs> calories. So yeah. it really boiled down to a basic thing for me is counting calories and, and that works for you. That I, that so, I intake. But the discipline side of it, you had to be motivated. Obviously, you were motivated from within after seeing yourself in a certain way and going, this doesn't fit what I want to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the main thing I said was just I felt like, wow, this I'm, I'm not being uh, honest or, or not. I, not honest. That's not the word. I'm not a good representation of health. Good example right. in that case. Yeah, I felt kind of like a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. I was preaching one thing, but I wasn't doing it all myself. So now, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in the gym six days a week now. I'm doing cardio too. I'm in the, I'm in the sauna. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still calorie restricting. I, I, my cheat day, I'll eat a, two or 300 calories more than I'm do during the week. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I pretty much am like I'm training for a contest, but I do it every day now. Wow. Because I, I have to with being 55 now with my metabolism. If I, you know, if I cheat for a week, I'll gain three or four pounds and then you got to lose it again. So right. I, just, I just don't do that. I just and I'm happy with the way I'm eating now. It's it's nourishing. It's a lot of a lot of fresh vegetables, uh, you know, no breads, no rices, no like that, but still plenty of protein. So it's a, it's a very it's a diet that I'm able to stick to mm-hmm. and 
not feel like I need to cheat on it because I eat a lot, but I still eat less calories than I'm burning. It's working for you, man. I'm, I'm impressed. Like I said, I'm, I'm motivated even more to get ripped. you, You know, it's, it's funny, man. I look at, um, like pictures now compared to 30 years ago when I was 25 and I was competing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much as almost as ripped as I was then. I, I think so. Yeah, I've seen some of those pictures. Again, very, very impressive. That's why I, I was shocked. Relate yeah. a little bit about what you did for others that may want to be inspired to be able to do that at 55 or whatever age uh, they are and the tools you use and what helps you. Of course, you know, we're both doing Cardio Miracle regularly. I'm so appreciative of Every that. Day. I, I'm just like Every kicking day. butt in the kickboxing gym because of that. And the, the cardiac fitness is incredible. Uh, considering yeah. that, so yeah, um, and you're you're in great shape too. You're probably in the best shape that you've been in maybe in your life. Yeah, well, in my twenties uh, was when I started making the transition, and I had willed myself as a young person, you know, on the borrowed youngness that you have to overcome all the chronic ailments that I suffered, and I could do things. But certainly now, uh, I, I'm capable, and I am doing things I couldn't do then. There's no doubt about it, it, it because now I have rebuilt a body that is built on you know more of a solid foundation. Mm-hmm not a toxic one and not a deficient one. You know, we, we can adapt to survive, but that isn't thriving. That's living in a, 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 a state of chronic ailment, illness, disease, et cetera, chronic metabolism. Right. It, it's adaptation. We, this is what body does. It's smart. It says, Oh, this is, this is going to kill us and we're not getting it. Well, 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 let's modify this. And it finds a way, but it's not optimal. And so uh, even though I had young years and I did athletics, I was still dragging around that chronic disease anchor right? A mercury and other things that contributed to it. So for me to do what I do at 57, you at 55, uh, like we kind of hold ourselves up to be an example. We talk about health and healing. And if we don't yeah. have that, you know, credibility, it's like, what's the point? Why would I listen to anybody that doesn't have, you know, are you living it or are you just saying what you should do and not doing it? Right. Right. And that, and that's what, what it was really with me was more, uh, you know, living, you know, walking the walk, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, trying to be consistent with what I, I'm telling people to do, I should probably try to do it more faithfully myself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so th- this coming weekend, I'm going to be in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, for the Red Pill Expo with our buddy G. Edward Griffin, who I know you've speak- spoken at Red Pill before, yeah. as well as we just had Frank Cousineau, who does say hello, and he loves you very much. He appreciates you. Great guy. And uh, he's carrying on the tradition, 48th Annual Cancer Control Society, uh, it's Labor Day weekend. I don't know if I can coerce you to come out there for it, but uh, I know he'd find a slot for you if you want. But it, you, as you busy know, as you've been. the thing with Labor Day weekend is that's Brianna's birthday every oh, year. Oh, right. And you so just, she just moved it, out. It always conflicts with her birthday party. So, yeah. Um, yeah, she did. She just moved out, got a, she's sharing a condo and uh, close to downtown Nashville with two of her girlfriends. So, wow. Yeah, pretty wild. And how old, how old will she be this Labor Day weekend? 23. See, oh my gosh, see that's yeah, Elijah's age already, twenty three, and um, he just moved out about a month or so ago with a, a friend that he works with. They have they're renting like a a, a townhome, and uh, it's like a big step for us dads. Going, our kids are starting to get they're moving out. Man, it's kind of I know that's freaky, isn't it? It's still adjusting to it. Yeah. So. I was thinking now at, at 23, though, she could take or leave whether you're there at a party with her. You know, she's got so many friends now. She, she does, but we always have like a big bash for her here at the house. Okay. So that's the thing. So I, I doubt we'll make it this year. Um, okay. but, um, maybe next year, I, I remember Frank had invited, had invited us back in April or May 
And I told him I'd get back with him and then I never did. So I feel bad about that. I didn't even think about it until he was just on. I'm like, dad, got it. I don't think I ever got back with Frank. I, listen, I, I got Brianna's number. I can call her and say, Hey, dad needs to be here. Can he do the party the next weekend? No pressure. <laughs> he could do that. He could probably do that. All right. All right. Well, anyway, I, I just I look forward to seeing you wherever we are. Uh, I've got the Biomed Expo September 14th through 17th in Las Vegas, uh, and that'll be fun. Oh, uh, our, our friend Susie uh, from uh, Healing Strong, they're doing 10-year anniversary. Can you imagine? It was wow. 10 years ago that we were in Atlanta, I think it was. Uh, for when the they Healing kicked Strong. it off. They kicked it off, and it's going to be in Houston, uh, Texas, September 29th and 30th. Uh, big uh, 10-year anniversary. So I well, plan to be there. I wonder why Houston, because they're they're Atlanta-based, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I guess maybe they want more hyperthermia. We talked about hyperthermia with uh, Frank. You All you have to do is walk outside in Houston in the summer. you got hyperthermia. Yeah, no uh, kidding. And then uh, I've got uh, a symposium in, in uh, Utah, uh, the 6th and 7th, that I'll be with Dr. Pierre Corey and others. Uh, really cool things going on there. All of these in the upcoming events. And then the Health Freedom Expo, October 14th, 15th. And then we have uh, another event after. I mean, I can't keep up with all of the stuff going on. And so, you know, TMB, what it's like. <laughs> uh, being on the road for years doing it and finally being able to settle down at home and get some projects done. So I'm not trying to get you out of the house in the comfort zone. but still, Yeah, you like, are. I am, but I like to see yes, you, you when we're out and about. We have fun. That's okay. No problem. You keep trying, man. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. Oh my gosh. I see some of these media pictures. Is that, are any of these Photoshop that you just sent me? No, I just sent them to Super Don too. That's okay. the one, the one is I just took a couple weeks ago here in the house. And the other is my, uh, one of my competitive pictures when I was 25. Wow. Crazy dude. Isn't that crazy? Super D, you can show that if you want. Uh, but it, it you might faint after you watch this and see this. Uh, but to see where he's at to where he is today, it's 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 pretty incredible what's possible. There you go. That's that was like recent, right? That was two weeks ago. Now you don't you can't tell me you're doing this in your home gym. You got to be going out to getting like somebody training you to do this. Yeah, and I'm working. I work out at Planet Fitness here okay. in Portland. So yeah, yeah. All I'm, right, I, and there it was in the competition days. That was competition. Yeah. Um, not but, much you know, other was, than you being oiled I've up only, or not. I've only been working out at Planet Fitness for two months, man. So I was already there from the home gym. So it, mm -hmm. it's really not that gym. It's I was busting it here for two years, especially during COVID, man. The, the it was a blessing to have our home gym here. You've been to yeah. our gym yeah. here at the house, but when everybody else was forced to mask and everything, that's like right in the heart of COVID. It's when I'm just here at the house. I'm like working out every day. If I got nothing to do, I'm gonna work out again. Sure, yeah, you know? shout out to Rachel who owns the, the nine round I go to. She never made me mask up. I don't want to get her in trouble, but I think it's past that time. Um, there were some awesome people that that went against it and didn't fall into prey to the fear. But you're right. If you if you had to, it's like who who would work out in a mask? That's just crazy. So having a home gym was important. Yeah, it really saved me here because and that's, you know, Bryce, too, while he was stuck here and getting ready for baseball and stuff, couldn't really go to the gym. So we you know it's, it's a blessing to have the, the, the here and we got treadmill, we got sauna here, we got everything he, we need here. So until about two months ago, I was just working out here every day. I just got to a point where I felt like there's certain exercises that I want to be able to do that I can't. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I went there. Yeah. Is uh, Bryce gone back to college yet? Does that start senior year or something? He, he, does, he starts his senior year in three weeks. Wow. But right now he's down at the beach. With his buddy Zeke Gilbert and his other buddy Austin Clark, uh -huh. they're two of the guys on the baseball team with him, and 
they went down there. Zeke's grandparents have a condo on the beach in Florida outside of Tampa. Nice. They're actually going to a Tampa Bay St. Louis Cardinal baseball game tonight. They're in, in Tampa. So yeah, they're having a blast. Nice. Nice. Uh, you know, Nancy and I have been watching a lot of baseball. She's now a super fan. Uh, we're catching the Braves. Of course, they're in an exciting team with some of their talent is just off the charts. Uh, speaking yeah. of, you know, fun of baseball, how much I love that sport. And I love getting to watch Bryce from a distance because they do televise those uh, college games now. Yeah. And I'm excited for his senior year. He's going to dominate this year. I think he's going to do really well. Speaking of Bryce and baseball, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper. I love this guy. I love the guy. He's just, he's always hustling and stuff. One of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Bryce is too. But it's funny, Acuna for the Braves is a really good player too. Yes. And some fan was heckling Bryce Harper a few weeks ago, and he was like, in your wildest dreams, you'll never be as good as Acuna. You'll never be as good as Acuna. You're never, Bryce, you suck. And Harper just turns around and he goes, it's Acuna. And then he, that's it. <laughs> that's but great. He's just got the guy worse than he could have ever been gotten. Nice. Well, you know, I like this, the spirit that I see, like within the Braves and certain teams, uh, that they, they're just having fun. That's part mm-hmm. of the joy that I get watching these like they're kids, they're grownups, but they're kids, they're getting to play a game and they know it and they're enjoying every moment of it. That's just the joy that I, I get to see. I know not all of them are like that, but it's fun to see that in any endeavor or sport or otherwise to find those that are having fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the Braves have, they've no, I don't know if you call it notoriously, historically, maybe they've historically been that type of a team. Because mm-hmm. I remember back in the 80s when I became a big Braves fan because of WTBS 17 out of Atlanta, yep. when nobody else, you couldn't watch any other teams, you became a Braves fan, which was marketing genius by Ted Turner, by the way. Yep. But, yep. Uh, you know, Dale Murphy, Bob Horner, Chris Chambliss, right. Eggs Benedict, the catcher, yes. those guys just had fun playing. Mm-hmm. They just seemed like they had a, had a great time playing a game. And so, uh, remember Al Hrabowski? Hrabowski, yeah, the Mad Hungarian. Mad Hungarian. Oh, yes. Yeah. Dude, there's. I, I think that they must have patterned. Uh, what was the uh, Charlie Sheen uh, movie that he played? Uh, the Wild Thing. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Major League. Yeah, Major I think League. they might have patterned it off of that Al Hrabowski uh, character, the Mad Hungarian pitcher, because you know his character certainly had a hint of Mad Hungarian in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, no, was, did you see the Did you see the fight in baseball this last weekend where? Uh, I think it was the Chicago White Sox squared mm-hmm. squared off against. Uh, I did see somebody got somebody got taken down somebody with a really clocked. good right hook or left. I don't know what it was, but yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the fight I'm talking about. He got he just got clocked. You know, that's where you you kind of lost the fun of it. Now you're like into the yeah. anger and stuff. So uh, I'm not thrilled about that. It's like going to a a fight and a hockey game breaks out. You don't normally see that in baseball, but there's been a history of those uh, kind of brawls that have happened. Anyway, hey, thank you all for indulging us on our little sports talk foray. Yeah, a little tangent kinda, there. The guys are having a chat here. I don't know if Super Don's kind of bored out of his mind uh, over there. Super Don, show thyself. Where show are you, thyself, man? Super Don. Is he really here? There he is. <laughs> he's he's tapping, going, what are you guys doing? I, I sent you Hi, I'm excited because football's starting. Mm. At least preseason, anyway. Yeah. The guys are talking about sports are you talking, now. Are you talking NFL, Super Don? NFL, yes. Okay. No, no, NFL, the real football. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge NFL fan. Um, yeah. I used to be. There's not as much but, of the fun element like we see in baseball, I think. That's, you know, as far as the, 
the spirit of the youth that that comes through these kids that I just are never playing. could get into. I just I, you know I went to some baseball games mm-hmm. when I was younger because I lived right there where we we had the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants. So you had mm-hmm. your pick, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I I went to the games just because not so much for the game itself, but. No, I mean you, you have to pretty the much the beer in the in the bleachers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about fights breaking out, right? Yeah. If you don't yeah. appreciate the the game of baseball, you'll be bored three hours at a game. Yeah, I mean it's all right. It's fun. Yeah. It's a, it's an experience. There's just more action in football I, I love and, and basketball, like, which are the two that I like. I just love it that I can yeah. sit with my wife, and now even if I'm out of town, she'll tell me the score. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. That is great. That is great. I do agree that it's more exciting. Basketball and football are more exciting to watch. I just. Two years ago, when the NFL went woke, I just mm-hmm. I'm like I'm done. Yeah, yeah. It, it made it not as fun. That is true. As Notice said, how that went away. It was kind of there. Now, not so much. Yeah. And uh, did you see that Kaepernick uh, was like doing like one last like try to get uh, signed, and yeah, everybody passed on him, so he's pretty yeah. much done. And, he, and Kaepernick says that the reason is because the league's racist against him. No, it's because you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call it like it is. He was Look. a de- listen. He is a decent quarterback if he had just kept his mouth shut yeah, and not been decent. a douche you know it's as i said he's a, he the, yeah. the 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 league looks at him and the coaches look at him as a liability so they're not gonna they're not gonna sign him yeah you know i mean if the, he, you're right if he had kept his mouth shut he's a decent quarterback he'd probably been a good backup maybe yeah. a starter for a really bad team yeah but the idea of keeping your mouth shut doesn't mean we're trying to censor him but it's the reality of like you you took this platform and you ruined, again, the fun of what makes sports so enticing for people to engage and enjoy. And it became now a political football. It's like, yeah. do you tune into that for that reason? It's like you shot yourself in the foot in terms of the joy that people get, the reason why. They well, and he just went so far with it because, you know, there are a lot of, of, of celebrities you know, sports stars and stuff like that that have causes and things that, you know, and so they'll use their their fame and their money to do, you know, things to change, you know, whatever. And I totally respect that. And I, w- I would do the same thing. Uh, but the problem with, with Kaepernick is he just, he just jumped the shark. You know, it was like, yeah, you remember there was that one time where it's like, he wasn't getting his way and people weren't signing him and stuff like that. So then he tried to, he tried to draw an analogy between slave owners and football coaches and 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 uh, preseason, you know, like when in the preseason when they when when they have to, uh, you know, run through the drills and all that stuff like that, you know, in order to get drafted and stuff like that, um, you know, he was, he was he was like comparing that to like being them being treated as slaves, hmm. and I'm just yeah, like, you know, yeah, because you know, back back when there were slaves, uh, if yeah. somebody like like took one of the slaves, they gave him a, a million dollars a year. And, you know, to, to be a slave. No, yeah. they, that's not how it worked. And they, did, they didn't have the choice to say, well, I'm done and walk away either. Yeah. So not yeah. a very good analogy. By the yeah. way, you know, Kaepernick, who pushes, you know, the, the fact or the, the, the assertion that black people are still being trampled on, who comes from a white family, right? He was adopted. He has two white parents and he came from privilege. So it's just it's disingenuous when it comes from someone like that to me. Yeah. Yeah, and there's not to say there aren't atrocious people out there doing atrocious things to other people. 
that is not yeah. denying that reality that exists, but good Lord, you know, when you're being paid that kind of money to play a sport, their little gratitude and enjoyment might be something that will go a long way in keeping your career extended, even if you're yeah. not top flight as a quarterback. Uh, yeah. All right. So thank you all again for indulging us on talks. Hey, wait, fun one, talk. one more and then we'll get off of sports. Did you, yeah, yeah. did you see that Bronny James, LeBron James's son that collapsed on the court? With That's right. Heart, yeah. Heart issues? Yeah. Yeah, and and as far as I remember, LeBron was very much an uh, advocate promoting Huge. the jabs, the injections, yep. right? Yeah, and so it's likely yeah. his. I don't. They haven't denied that his son got the jab or jabs. Um, oh, he, he did. I, yeah. I'm I'm almost certain that he was vaccinated, and it looks like he may never play ball again. Yeah. So again, more of the the cardiovascular disaster sad. of young I'm people. I'm talking about this with, with a guy at the gym today. But the the thing that's sad is that for people like even Bronny, who's 18. Mm-hmm. Or for a, a, a girl that just died, a three-year-old that just died here yesterday in the area, as a result of that same thing, yeah. um, they don't have a choice, right? They're just their parents say did do it and they mm-hmm. get it, and they don't really know anything about it, and they're the ones that are dying and suffering now. So it's just sad when it comes to kids. One of my one of my best friends, he was from Germany originally. He lives now in the United States, and. Uh, he he had uh, married an, another friend of mine who was from Ghana, and uh, they had two. They have two daughters about the age of uh, my kids, your kids, uh, in that sense. And um, his youngest, well, th- their mother is a doctor, and they're in England, and so you know, not under the control of the father. And the mom obviously went in on the injections, and they were visiting recently. And and while last week, remember we were at uh, Jim Baker Ministries down in uh, the the Ozarks, like south of. Uh, uh, jo- oh, yeah. was it? Uh, where was it? South of, um, not Joplin. Um, Columbia, right? Um, what's the Springfield. Place? Springville, yes, right. South Springville. And w- we were there, and I was actually on set. We were f- we were taping the episode, which just, uh, I think it went live yesterday with John Hewlett and me and Lee, Lisa and others. And it was an amazing uh, interview. I-, I enjoyed it so much. And they were very humble, I think, because of what Jim Baker went through, the fall from grace, what he had. He's really, he's not like that perception that you saw back in the 80s and 90s in the ministry mm-hmm. as such. But um, I got a text from my friend. He says, hey, can you help me? My youngest daughter, you know, we were at the skating rink. They were just having some fun. And then heart started getting so heavy felt like it was going to heart was chest was going to explode which is not you know a normal thing for an 18 year old healthy girl but turns out the mother got him what four (laughs) pfizer jabs Mm -hmm. and so i immediately said yeah cardio miracle another number of other things but again that that made it again real to me not that it wasn't but i know these people directly and i know their vital health and what has happened to them and this shouldn't be happening to young people Mm -hmm. and so it's another layer of man we have got to do better Yep. I, I agree. And that that was the topic. If, if you watch Remedy, mm-hmm. so many of the experts um, address the, how sad it is that these children are suffering. Yeah. You know, they're, that they're, there's there's it's not just adults that are dying suddenly. It's a lot of children and yeah. it shouldn't be that way. All right. I want to talk to you about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., if you don't mind. Yeah. Bobby Kennedy, who's been to the Truth About Cancer yeah, live event and uh you know, he seems to be, as all of my interactions with him, a man of great integrity, great intelligence, inquisitiveness, curiousness, all of the things that make him so different than regular what we call politicians, whether they can claim to be Republican or Democrat. Now, he happens to be running as what he calls a Kennedy Democrat. Mm-hmm. But when even confronted with inconvenient uh, facts that might be 
let's say, controversial about, like, say, our environmental issues, global warming stuff. He is open to, what, considering information that's new or different, as well as recognizing that the free market is a better way to address these issues than a heavy hand of centralized bureaucracies or even global governance, the deception that's happening here. So as someone who, you know, leans, as we do, libertarian and more conservative in many ways, TMB, you have Kennedy, who comes from a long line of the family of Democrats in the 20th century. Talk to me about what you see in this guy specifically that's unique, even though he has a D running as a Democrat, despite the fact that Democrats are the worst on freedom of speech right now than any Republican has ever been. Yeah, he's he's running like a, as an old Democrat, I guess. Yeah, because a lot of the Democratic Party does not share his same values. Um, but Bobby's a great guy. Um, we, we love Bobby. Um, you know, he, Charlene was in touch with him months before he announced. We knew he was running for a long time, but we just weren't able to say anything about it because, you know, and we, and he, you know, we're going to support, we, we support Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a, an event, a fundraiser here in like two weeks and here in Nashville that we'll be at. So we're, we're full, full fledged supporting Bobby because I believe he's, he's the best candidate. Now, if it comes down to Kennedy versus Trump, you know, Republican versus Democrat and those are our two choices. I still love Trump. I, I think we're in a no-lose situation there. It'd be so much better than Trump versus Biden or, you know, somebody else versus Biden. Pence or something. Or, yeah, DeSantis, even though DeSantis is just shooting himself in the foot every time he speaks, it seems. Um, but I think that would be a great thing for the countries to have Trump versus Kennedy. Um, Kennedy's more of a libertarian. And he's more open for freedom of health issues that that's right on our side. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're big, big supporters of Bobby, um, believe he'd be a great presidential candidate. You're right. Some of the things that we don't see eye to eye on, he's, he's more than happy to discuss them. Yeah. He's he very pragmatic sure. about yeah. it. And, um, he's always open to changing his position if the facts lead there. And, you know, we've seen him change his position over the years. I remember the first time that you and I interviewed Bobby on the show, what was it eight years ago 10 years ago whenever it was yeah, it was, it was a, a long there. time ago it was mm-hmm. 2015 mm-hmm. maybe 2016 so yeah i'm just wondering if we lost that archive when youtube banned us or not but that would be a fascinating revisit to an interview as old as that which one uh bobby kennedy when when ty and i had bobby kennedy on the show we don't know Wasn't how many it, years ago it was now it's probably 2016 maybe mm. yeah. yeah that but, might be lost but we've, you know, we've seen Bobby since then. He's come a long way. Yeah. And it's not like he was wrong. It's just as you learn new things, your position changes based upon the new facts. And he's learned over the eight years. And to his credit, he's not so arrogant that he's a, he won't admit that he was ever wrong or he's mm-hmm. changed his mind. It's like this is new information and here's my position on it now, which is one of the beefs that I have with Trump. He still pushes right. Operation Warp Speed is some great accomplishment of his when the reality is one of the deadliest thing that's ever happened to the country. And it was under his watch and he won't admit it. Yeah, it's a very big blind spot that, you know, has caused people to turn away from him that would normally want to support him for the various things that he did that was that were good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a but yeah, as far as Bobby, man, great guy, loves the country. Um, just a good human being, decent human being, truthful man. So yeah, we're, we're big supporters of Bobby. 
Yeah. So the, the he's he's engaged. Is this suit a different suit that, that we have the natural news article on it? RFK Jr. sues YouTube, yeah. Google. Is that a different lawsuit? That's a different suit. He's got several different suits going. He's an attorney. Yeah. And um, they're hitting him from all different angles. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's got multiple lawsuits going on right now. Mm hmm. And this one is suing YouTube and Google over misinformation policies that violate First Amendment rights. You know, I'm not a litigious kind of guy. I really despise the court system. I've, I've been engaged in it on the recipient receiving end much many, many years ago for from greedy and unscrupulous people that wanted basically to have what I had uh, and, and they just wanted to t- take it. But um, it costs a lot of money and you end up everybody losing and hardly winning at all. But yeah. if you're an attorney, I guess you have an advantage where you, you know, you can do some things like this. That is, that is yeah. It's, but that's the, the advantage of having having a firm that you work with regularly because a lot of those a lot of the costs that are prohibitive to people because of the attorney's fees you don't have them because it's your firm right so, right so yeah uh, but uh, you know look I wouldn't be opposed to be aligned with a, a a suit against YouTube for them deplatforming me us and and what we've lost yeah. some tr- tremendously powerful and empowering shows. Uh, yeah. You know, a few years of them and including maybe the Bobby Kennedy one. So, you know, we've been censored, we've been deplatformed and, you know, we are technically, I would have standing in, in a suit like that. Not that I want to engage in it, but I'm just thinking it's like, dude, it wouldn't it be nice if all of those archive shows still exist and that we could just get them back. Yeah. Yeah. And we're the same way. I mean, there's, you know, several, several lawsuits we're looking at going, well, yeah, I'd love to be part of that. Mm hmm. So yeah, who, who knows? We're and we're working actively on um, potentially becoming involved with other suits. So mm-hmm. we've been hit from all different angles, as you have. Yeah. So let's now talk about uh, gender dysphoria and the cognitive dissonance associated with it from uh, the viewpoint of uh, so-called scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, this guy's a piece of work. You know, I remember when Del Bigtree recently went after him and they had a, a conversation and, it, you know, he called into, I don't care about the individual scientists. It was all about consensus, which is collectivist, Marxist, communist belief systems. It's like yeah. the majority believe something. That's it. And that's not science. This guy claims to be a scientist. So how can Neil Tyson call himself a man of science when he says that men can become women? And. I don't know, Super Don, I don't see, I haven't seen this clip, but you say you've got a clip of this where he actually did this is not made up. This is not like deep faked video. Apparently, the XXXY chromosomes are insufficient because when we wake up in the morning, we exaggerate whatever feature we want to portray the gender of our choice. What? either the one you're assigned, the one you choose to be, whatever it is. And so now here, so, so now just to to tie a bow on this, I say to you, somewhere I read, somewhere, I I think I read that the United States was a land where we have the pursuit of happiness. Yes. Suppose no matter my chromosomes today, I feel 80% female, 20% male. I'm going to, I'm going to put on makeup. I'm going to do that. Um, tomorrow, I might feel 80% male. I'll remove the makeup and I'll wear a muscle shirt. Why do you care? Yeah. What, 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 what business it, is it of yours to require that I fulfill your inability to think of gender on? Wow. There's so many things with that that are wow. upside down. Number one, please don't put on a muscle shirt. 
because I don't want to see him in a muscle shirt. But <laughs> he's confused the issue. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Very pretty. Very pretty. Okay, he's very, Super D, well done. He, she is very pretty. Now, but here's yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. Based upon his argument there, because he, she felt pretty that morning and felt like a female, he dressed yeah. like a female, somehow he is. And that's the thing. Look, nobody on this side cares if you think you're a male or female or how you dress. Mm-hmm. That's not the argument. The argument is if you have a penis, you're a male. And if you don't, you're a female. That's the end of the argument. It doesn't matter how you feel. Biologically, there are two sexes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. And you can put on all the makeup you want and all the pink <laughs> bows that you want. But if you still have a penis, you're you can, a male. And if you can tie a pink bow on it, you're still a male. You're now, still a male. And, and look, and the thing is, I don't care if you do that. Right. Just don't call yourself a female. Or you're not. to do so. But the uh, uh, Super Don, if you can come in on this, because it seems to me that Neil deGrasse Tyson is really good at setting up a strong, straw man arguments, which is one of those, you know, logical <laughs> fallacies where he, he sets up the thing in America. Da, da, da. No one's disputing that. That has it, nothing it, to do with it. Yeah, it, it has nothing, nothing to do with it. Again, again where it's... To be, well, you can do that. The, uh, the astrophysicist yeah. Uh, is strained from science there uh, because it's yeah. not about, and really what is the question here? You know, I, I will admit that that was, that is, we don't have the full context of everything that he said. I, I heard the, uh, the extended clip on that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like the, he was, he, what he was talking about was not whether uh, you can change your gen. And really, that's really what the point here is. It's like, it's, it's not, but you, he said you, the whatever X Y is overrated. Yeah, well, you're right, and that's that's where that's why there's been such a backlash on the whole thing yeah. because he brought chromosomes into it, and then mm-hmm. suddenly it was like, wait a minute, dude, yeah, you're, you're the guy. You know, it's you and Bill Nye, and both of you are woke. What's going I, on here? You know, I, you it's know, like what's. I don't think even you know those of us who believe there are two basically genders uh, are arguing that just because you're X X X Y that you can't pretend to be whatever. That's never whatever. That's like that's absolutely struck. people have been doing that forever, right? Yeah, you know that's that's a, that that's a thing. But you know, right. I think it, it, there's two different uh, arguments, two different debates that are happening in society right now, and I think it's important where that that we point out that while we they have the one thing where it's like I am a woman, I am a man because that's how I identify, something like that. That's just insanity, right? Mm. Uh, but whatever, you know, it's like there, there's going to be people that are going to do crazy things and stuff like that. And that's how society is. The, the, the thing that kind of get gets, I think, um, could, you know, uh, com- the companion to that mm-hmm. is the other issue that we're seeing in society right now, which is this drag queen thing. Right. Yeah. Where it's like you want to th- think it's your woman, fine, you're a woman, whatever. Go do whatever you want to do. I'm probably not going to hang out with you. And so I, I don't know anybody that does that. Um, but whatever, you know, people are people. You can do whatever you want to do. But you know what? Don't flaunt that stuff in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. Yeah, I agree. You know? that, yeah. that is the crux of the argument right there, or the uh, or the, my disagreement with you, Super Don. Or not my, my, <laughs> my agreement with you, but our disagreement with what they're doing. You know, we can't see. Ty's wearing a dress right now. Right, yes, below the, the, the camera level. He's got a tutu, he's got a tutu <laughs> I feel, on. I feel really pretty right now. <laughs> but, but no, I'm, not, not I'm with you. I don't care what they do in their mm-hmm. private life. I don't care yeah. if they feel like a woman or a man or you can call me Letitia or Lonnie. I don't care. Yeah. Just don't 
flown it in front of the kids and don't, and don't force kids. me to, to you know the, the other thing is is with these pronouns and and there, there's yeah. like this 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 thing that's happening in society where it's like we are supposed to just accept these people for who they say they are yeah they could just go and do their own thing and it would be a thing but now it's become a thing where now you can have you have people uh, there are places where you could like get fined for misgendering somebody yeah wow Yes. You know, speech, you you can you can you can be crimes. arrested. Thought crimes, yeah, for misgendering somebody. In the meantime, yeah. there are real serious issues out there that Ty, you've been covering, I've been covering, we've been covering, like cancer, uh, like uh, miscarriages, loss of of of, of babies, and you know that are trying to be carried to term. Uh, and there's an article here at thetruthaboutcancer.com. I think Ty knows about this one. <laughs> and it, it basically headline reads: recurring pregnancy loss linked to pesticide exposure. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I've argued, and even in the Remedy um, uh, documentary series, Sherry Tenpenny and I brought the, uh, up the aborted fetal cell line issue of injections of vaccines yeah. may be impacting gender dysphoria. We, we don't know because they won't study it, but it's did, plausible. Did you see that section? Yeah, it was uh, great. That was a good, you know, you, you guys didn't even know you were each talking about it, but you no. talked about the same thing and we worked it together and it really made a lot of sense. It was very, very well done. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the pesticides, the xenoestrogens, all of these things could be causing this aberrant gender dysphoria that, uh, you know, may have been as rare as rare and now has become ridiculously commonplace because it's being programmed into people on top of the toxicological birds. But just the loss of babies is a tragedy. And I'm not even talking about direct loss through abortion. I'm talking about, you know, miscarriages, the tragedy of losing babies that way. And here we have pesticide exposure being linked. And and by the way, a quick shout out to our friend Tor Paulson out in California who developed the Orange Guard, which is a delimiting-based pesticide, went all the way through the EPA to get it approved. And it's non-toxic. It will not cause miscarriages. It won't harm your pets or your kids. And it's approved for OMRI listed for organic agriculture. And you guys can get it at Whole Foods or say, hey, Whole Foods, get me some Orange Guard because they carry it. It's in their system. Or go to your local Ace Hardware store or just order it directly at orangeguard.com. But good Lord, we have options for pest control that don't involve killing babies. True. And, and the reason that I just did this, I don't yes. have anything in this thing, but it's because it's you can it's edible, right? Yes, you can actually you consume delimiting. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh so, I, you know, I bring this up and tie in with this article of, uh, you know, so many people think, well, the only thing I can use for pest control is, is toxic. And I know it's toxic, but I got no, you, you have options. You know, yeah. we've even talked about options for non-glyphosate weed control with yeah. contact organics. So, so they and, exist. And it'll, make, it'll make the area that you use it on, it'll make it even smell better because it actually smells good. Mm-hmm. It's because you can smell the, the essential oil, the orange, the limonene. Yeah. So, yeah, so, it's, good. it's a good smelling natural pesticide that won't hurt you. Yeah. And, 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 you know, here's where Bobby Kennedy could do some amazing work as a president. If he were to be, you know, I thought the Democrats want him in at, at any cost. They, they would they're, they're going to try to do what they did to Ron Paul on the Republican mm-hmm. side, I believe. And I yeah. don't know what his strategy is to, to address that. That's something maybe I would ask him uh, next time we can get him on. But the pesticide issue. Also, uh, you know, the food issue. He's meeting with farmers, recognizing right. regenerative organic agriculture is what we need to support. And in terms of helping even poor people that are hungry, growing food everywhere. Good mm-hmm. Lord. I don't even know if Trump's doing that, you know, as far as talking yeah. about that. So to me, again, there's a lot of credibility to Bobby Kennedy answering, uh, you know, some of the questions that we have about, does anybody see this? He does. He knows it. Yeah, and you know Bobby's all over the the issues that are important to us. 
you know, to, to the, the natural health, the health freedom crowd. Yep. He's, he's really right, you know, right in line with, with us on all of these issues that are very important to him as well. And, um, you know, the, the great thing about Bobby, you know, he's, he just he does what he says. And, um, you know, we interviewed Bobby for the for Remedy and he was in it quite a bit as well. And, you know, one of the things that he, he agreed to is that, you know, he would come on a Twitter space with Charlene to help talk about Remedy and stuff. And, and he did. And, you know, and it's like here's a guy running for president that mm-hmm. he said he would. And so he did. So just really think a lot about him. And he's uh, he's he's not a man that's too big to to meet with anybody. Yeah. And to his credit, I mean, that wasn't going to be advantageous within the media. Have a presidential no. candidate meet with Ty and Charlene Bolger. You know, they're on that list, right? Yeah. Uh, so, again, to his credit, that's me. And I think he would get along well uh, should we get uh, uh, Jonathan Emord in the U.S. Senate in Virginia, because he also understands the issue of, of freedom and, and, you know, what we call natural remedies, medicines, uh, the innovation in the environment of, uh, you know, the concern of toxicology versus and, you know, the, the, the CO2 issue as the mainstay of everything. Mm-hmm. Was it you? Did you send me a text or a message about a certain PR firm working with Emord? Was that you? Yes, it was. OK, it was, we'll talk about that out there. OK, yeah, he was asking I, about I that. So totally we totally forgot up. about that until you just mentioned Emord. So, okay, OK, yeah, for sure. And Jonathan, of course, has uh, uh, appeared in, in some of the interviews you've done over the years as well. And you mm-hmm. attended his Sacred Fire of Liberty event, oh, gosh, eight years ago now as well in Virginia. It's Hard amazing. to believe. Just yeah. amazing what we've seen. The people that have come and gone too, but the people that are still here, we love you and appreciate you. And Ty, it's so good to see you, my brother. I know how busy you've been, but anytime you can be here with us, we have a great time. Yeah, of course, you too. Did you see the the little deal that we did for Rashid at the end of every episode? Yeah, that was nice too. You know, oh. honoring our, our our dearly beloved Rashid Batar, who's yeah. passed uh, untim- in an untimely manner. We miss him too. So thanks for doing that. All right, everybody, uh, be on the lookout for when uh, Ty is heading out into an event. Maybe surprise that we can all be at again. And uh, yep. anytime. Yeah, you well, it looks like we'll, the TTAC will. We're not going to be able to make it this year, so we're planning on for next year election year, right before the, the election. So okay, well, I figured that it'd be hard with everything you were going through uh, yeah. to, to kind of push it and rush it in. So I'm glad we'll we'll get it done and we'll make it bigger and better than ever. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, tell them what they need to know before we got to go. I almost forgot, but I didn't. The power to heal is yours. All right. That was fun catching up. It's like old friends getting together again. Uh, and we had a lot to catch up on. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, Lori, I see a question. I don't think Ty is going to be in Des Moines this year as we were talking about events that he might be at. I'd like to get him at least the cancer control, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, but... Hmm. Mm-hmm. Steve says, instead of the NFL, Kaepernick should try out for the National Diva League. Mm. <laughs> the NDL. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to football starting back up again. Yeah. Steve says, I think YouTube got scared of you in 2017. Mm. I don't know, man. I, I just think about, we weren't that big. I think we had what five thousand plus followers at the time on YouTube. It wasn't like we were massive. Yeah. Then they came and took us off of that platform, and we lost you know hundreds and hundreds of hours of shows. That's why it still stings. That you know what you could ban us, but just give us access to that which we produced, and then we'll take them and you know run with them. But yeah. that's just, that's still a little bit of a thorn, you know, about it is. YouTube. 
and everything we did was exclusive. It was exclusively on YouTube mm-hmm. at the time. That's for the broadcasting because there wasn't a, a restream or anything like that at the time. Mm-hmm. So, oh well, yeah. Oh well, not a whole lot we can do. Yeah, create new me- new memories, unlimited funds, and sue them and get it back. I don't know if it's yeah, possible. There you go. It'd be nice. So yes, we create new memories. That's what we're doing uh, every day. Every day. So uh, let's see what else we got going on this week coming up. I don't know if we have questions or comments. It's been quiet in the chat room on our website, as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah. Super D. I don't know what's going on out there, but uh, busy, busy. Let's yep, see. yep, yep. So Panama. Greetings from Panama. It says here. Where in in uh, Twitch in, or where on uh, yeah on Twitch? Okay. RSB, you had Bobby interview recently too. It's been uh, a bit. N- no, it's How long ago was it? I, I, it's been a couple maybe of a year years ago? at least. Yeah. No, really? Not me a year ago. You're right. About a year but, ago, I, th- I would say. Well, I would say if we can get Kevin on it or somebody to help us get Bobby back on. I, I said there's a lot of questions I have for him that I think will be really good. Uh, so we need to put him back on the list to get him on. Let me see if I can pull up when that was. The funny thing is if I, if I search RFK... Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about him all the time, so it's yeah. like there's there's lots of shows, lots where of references was, to him. He yeah. was a topic, but um, yeah, I want to say it was like I mean, I remember the interview. He was like sitting mm-hmm. in his uh, in his, his office book, or library. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I'll find it. Well, I mean, if 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 this is correct, if you can go to the upcoming events tab, you can see the Heal Your Family Naturally event with uh, Doctors Terry and Stu Warner. Uh, Bobby Kennedy is featured front and center, along with Kevin Zorbo, and uh, I'm there along with uh, Judy Mikovits, David Brownstein, John Witcher, Doctors Jack and Heather Wolfson, Melissa Chios, uh, Doctor James Thorpe, Kimberly Overton, Doctor Richard Urso, and Doctor Shannon Croner. By the way, Doctor Shannon Croner, I hope to get on soon. She's got a, a new book out, like a children's book. It's okay not to be vaccinated or something like that. That's going really well. And I saw that she had a picture with Isai Morales, who's playing the villain, by the way, in the latest Mission Impossible movie. It was great, a lot of fun, and uh, he did a great job as always. And let's see. So yeah, if you want to see, that might be an opportunity. I don't want to wait till. Uh, November to interview him if we can get him on before that. But I know the demands for his time are only going up as he's running for president. So you still haven't found it. I'm looking here. Yeah. I think maybe I spelled his name out the whole way here. So anyway, keep talking. Okay. <laughs> Trying to think of what else to do. All right. Let's no, see. No dead air. Round. No dead air allowed. Not even the bonus round. Such a, such a Okay. Let's see. So uh, we're Wednesday tomorrow. Did uh, do you know if our uh, pre-record guest is open to being on live tomorrow? Because I know we I do get, not. That, we have Jonathan Emord scheduled uh, for the first hour, as always. Sacred Fire of Liberty, another great interview with him. And then hour two, we're we're determining it. Then I've got to head out to the airport, head out to Des Moines, Iowa, for the Red Pill Expo. I'll be broadcasting live on Friday. From oh. the Red Pill, but it's just going to be setup day, so I don't know if I'll be in the hotel room relaxing on the couch. Well, like all right, like. so tomorrow, yes. uh, he is no longer on the calendar, that guest, so Kevin must be He's working doing on something it? with it. Yeah. Well, maybe I refreshed it and see yeah. what happens. Did it disappear? Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah, it is still on there. Yeah. Okay, I sent him an email, but I'll... Uh, 
It's again um, late. Is it too late ab- now? It's just mid- midnight in Israel where Kevin is. <laughs> so the question is, is he still up? I don't know. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll shoot him a text anyway. At least he'll yeah. be there when he wakes up. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. But then again, I, I, I had uh, uh, Frank um, Cousino on, and it didn't make it to the calendar, but I'm glad he reached out because it reminded me I wanted to get him on again to talk about the Cancer Control Society today. And it was good to see him. And again, thank you uh, to Bobbery for making that happen, making it happen, staying on top of it. I mean, we don't have enough people to help us get these, some of these guests in sometimes. And, you know, with Kevin now in Israel, that's transitioning and changing. We hope, hopefully, again, He's as engaged as ever, but I recognize the transition to a whole new world culture uh, for the whole family. It's, I, I can't imagine what he's going through, but I can't wait to hear about it when he's next available to talk about that journey, that adventure. Yeah, no, that'll be fun to to find out what's going on with him. Yeah, Lori does. Kevin is in Israel now. As far as we know, all is well, but I haven't heard, you know, other than that, I saw him say hello in the chat room yesterday, but it was long after I, he did say hello that I'd noticed it. So I didn't get to do a shout out on the air, uh, but uh, big, big deal. Keep talking. All right. I got to keep talking. Okay. So uh, let's see. I'm just reviewing some <laughs> other things. Uh, there's been so many simultaneous of uh, 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 things happening. And I mean that like I have to be on the show and I have to do this all at the same time that uh, my, my head's a bit going, I, I, I'm still also working on the updated PowerPoint for my presentation, my opening talk and MC uh, of the uh, Red Pill Expo. Just looking forward to seeing all y'all that'll be there. I know Alex Newman will be there as well. And uh, Mickey Willis is scheduled to be there. And uh, just a whole host of awesome folks. I know, Lori, you're planning to be there. Joni Abbott will be there with me, and she'll help me with some of the interviews that weekend, which will be wonderful because, uh, I, you know, when I'm doing the MC at that particular event, it's not like you got hour-long lectures. They're really quick hits. Sometimes they can be 45 minutes, but most of them are shorter. So you end up not having the time to get out and set up an interview before you have to r- – I have to run back in and get on stage and interview or, or, or uh, set up the next – you know, uh, speaker. So it's a big task, uh, the, the two intense days. And I'm, you know, by the end of it, I'm like, man, I've worked it, uh, but I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve uh, in that way. And also to help uh, Ed and, and the whole entire red pill expo and red pill university team out because it's such a worthwhile endeavor worthy goal to, to do the things they're doing. So if you haven't signed up for being there in person or watching the live stream, you can do that by clicking on the, uh, red, red pill expo, uh, banner at robertscatbell.com. Uh, we're still working on getting the addresses for the apricots. Some of you I have them for. Uh, okay, so let me ask you a question about that yeah. since you brought it up. So yes. we're talking about the addresses mm-hmm. for the AMA where we gave them away. Is that initially what you were looking That's for? The initial ones that I know. Okay, that I so I've have. got, I've got, because it was Leslie, yes. it was Ula, Ula and-, and it was Laura. Yovanovich or okay, I so remember. if I get there, then I can send their stuff out right. You away. have Leslie's address, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. So I've got Ula's address, and I also have Laura's address. So yeah. I'll send those to you. That's cool. And then I need to get the addresses for the people that won the yes. contest. The, yeah, the one the contest. So which was uh, Erica uh-huh. and Thomas. Yeah, and uh, Chris from Chris and Lourdes. Mm-hmm. And then I think you were also going to send them out to three other people. Is that correct? Yes. I okay, have so I need, I need to get that in front. I've got all that right here, yeah. so I'll right. work on that. Okay. So that was the fun contest, and thank you all who, for those of you who called. 
uh, to join in on that, to tell us why you listen to or watch the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, I just, I, I wonder if we can turn that into some kind of little audio clip promotion for the, you know, people yeah, here. I'll, I'll do something with it. Yeah. And Super D, you've been eyeballing or earballing occasionally uh, little snippets of the show. And we have Anna, who's helping us out, who also does help Taryn Gregson, Faithful Freedom with Taryn, which yep. is another wonderful show to kind of, we're going to see what it's like to actually do the things that we're told is important in social media to reach a wider audience. So basically they're in. clips of the day. Yeah. From the day show, most of the days. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it doesn't have to be every day. It's a lot of pressure <laughs> to do that mm -hmm. every day. But when there's some good things uh, we want to bring out that could bring people uh, and go, oh, that's a show. I didn't know about that. That sounds interesting. Then maybe we bring more people into a, an empowering uh, fold, so to speak. And uh, I'm grateful for all the help that, that's coming our way. You want to see the uh, the clip of the day from yesterday? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I mean, you're the producer. Well, we're talking about it here, so we could show people what we're talking about. So this we used to do this back when we were in radio. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, just a, a kind of a mic drop moment uh, from a show. And then we'd use that to promote the show. And we send it out to, you know, radio affiliates and stuff like that. But in this case, we'll end up, we'll end up using it for um, putting it out on social media, like on mm -hmm. Instagram. So here is the the Instagram version of the clip of the day from yesterday's show. People have lost their lives, not due to COVID, but due to the response to it. Should we not have known that if we were relying on the pharmaceutical industrial complex and all of its demons spawn coming from IG Farben, Nazi Germany of, of World War II, that they would likely be lying to us, deceiving us, even harming us for profit? Would that be unusual and to, no, that's par for the course. How many billions of dollars in fines here in the United States have they paid due to violating the law, the regulations, even though they own the regulatory structure, the FDA? And it's just embarrassing. As I said, I'm embarrassed for doctors and scientists who, who bought and believed this. Could you have known better? Yes, but you didn't want to hear it. Not from a radical homeopath who has a radio show. You're not a doctor. You're not a scientist. Why should I listen to you? Because we paid attention. We saw patterns emerge. We learned about toxicity. We learned about the difference between injection and ingestion. And we learned about nutrition and things that Flexner Report Medical School curricula did not encompass. Except to call anybody who promoted nutrition to prevent cancer as a quack. Ducks. We're not killing you. Doctors were. Hmm. Boom. Was that chat GPT? <laughs> deep fake? No, that was you. I really did that? You really did that. All right. That was so, interesting. Anyway, we're just we're pulling those, uh, trying to get those at least once, once per show. Mm -hmm. um, and putting those out there so more people can hear how awesome you are. <laughs> well, I'd like to think it's the, uh, the awesome info that flows through me. That's helpful and occasionally funny and silly too, um, because we got to have some of that to make it through all of this. So, do we have a meeting at the bottom of the hour, Super D? Technically, yes. What does that mean? Technically, yes. I think so. I know that we okay. had talked about, but yeah, it's on the calendar. Okay. Now that you mention it, it is Wednesday, huh? I think it is. Yeah, we do. All right. So yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up then. So we can take a quick break, and then we'll have our meeting at the bottom of the hour. And 
All right. Unless, well, Sacred Fire Liberty else. next hour. And uh, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm done wrapping it up. Next hour? Today. What are you talking about? Is it a three hour show? It's not next hour. It's not now. It's, well, it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for catching that. I didn't. Want okay. To. All right, guys. Well, listen. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. Thank and, you so uh, much. We will be back tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thank <laughs> you.